Welcome to the Chantel Ray Way, the inspirational way to lose weight for life through intermittent fasting. Remember, the thoughts and opinions on this podcast do not constitute medical advice. Hey guys, I'm so excited that my new book, Waste Away, The Chantel Rayway, is now available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and pretty much anywhere you can find books. But we also have the audiobook, the ebook, and my new recipe book that you can download all the recipes that I love that I make, and it's super cheap. It's all my favorites. Anyway, if you have a minute to write a review on Amazon, I would be ever grateful. Hey guys, we are here live. I'm so excited. Welcome to the Waste Away, Chantel Rayway Intermittent Fasting Podcast. And I'm so excited we have a guest host with us that's a doctor. His name is Dr. Daryl McDowell from the Chesapeake Spine Center. And we're so excited to have you. Daryl, welcome. Tell us a little bit about yourself. I actually have been in practice 25 years. We deal with primarily... Uh, in the past, uh, musculoskeletal problems, a lot of neurological problems. And recently, um, in my own quest for our own patients' health and my health, um, I got into... Oh, man, um, we have a plane going over. Talk sorry, louder, sorry, talk yeah, louder. louder. So as far as um, my, my own health quest, um, actually, I'm a cancer survivor from 2001, so I've gone through multiple uh, health things throughout my life. But last year, I started on the um, intermittent fasting and keto. Uh, last June, and so to this point, so we're what eight months in, seven months, eight. I'm actually had lost 71 pounds. Wow! And so 71 um, pounds. So part of this has to do with my own health. I'm 52 year old male, which is classic. We start running into multiple issues, and so for me, my patients as well. This is the biggest issue. It's metabolic problems that we run into. So it's inflammatory problems. Um, not just weight issues, but cardiovascular, blood pressure, all of the whole nine yards of issues of everything from, you know, blood pressure, hormones. And so my quest actually a year ago was really to learn more about insulin and everything to do with insulin and insulin resistance is that? really where we come from. So we're going to head you in that direction. Awesome. And well, we'll go from there. we're going to dive right in. We're here right. also with Chris Sykes, Hello. our amazing co-host. And we're going to get right into our first question. Chris Oh, by the way, if you have a question that you want answered, just email questions at ChantelRayway.com or you can now text the question to us. Just if you're driving or listening to this, 757-412-9278. All right, Chris, give us your first question. All right, so first international question on the show. Yes! We have Sina, I hope I'm saying it right, Sina in Manitoba. C-I-N-A. Manitoba, Canada. First of all... Thanks for doing the podcast. I've learned so much through you. My question was if there was a wrong way to do intermittent fasting for women. I found this infographic on Pinterest and it talks how women shouldn't fast longer than 16 hours and not more than three days a week because it can affect your hormones in a negative way. If I have done IF for two weeks, I have done IF for two weeks now. I sometimes had coffee with milk through though and started my fast around 9 a.m. till 5 p.m. Wait, started at 9 a.m. till 5 p.m. I have been very strict with an eating window between 12 and 7 p.m. I have felt very moody in a bad way, get easily annoyed with my husband. <laughs> I don't know if that's fasting or that's just a normal thing between y'all. Should I change anything or will it just take time to adjust? Thanks for your help. Cena in Manitoba. Well, we've seen hundreds. Cena, first of all, thanks for being our first person out of the country to ask a question. So, But my opinion is, is that 
Um, I've seen hundreds and hundreds of people now lose weight through intermittent fasting and it's personally changed my life. What I would suggest is that you give yourself a little bit more of a transition. So start with eight, eight hours, do eight hours, and then move down to seven hours and then do six hours or uh, for your eating window or whatever you feel comfortable with. But here's the thing, I mean, you it is a transition. So it is going to be a little bit difficult. Push through is my suggestion. Just push through and what do you guys think? Absolutely, it's gonna take time. And the thing is, is that it depends, it doesn't say how long she's been doing it. Two weeks, no, two weeks, said, yeah. Yeah, two weeks. Two no, weeks. two weeks, that's way too short. Yeah. So, yeah. so the thing is, is that um, again, if, if we can help get the listeners back to listening and learning Dr. Jason Fung's book um, on insulin, learn everything about insulin and insulin resistance. And so it's gonna take a while for it to become fat adapted, which takes time for your body to become a fat burner as opposed to a sugar burner. So you've got to give it time. And so I usually recommend anywhere from between eight and 16 weeks before you get into this rigid, allow time of your body. So that means you're decreasing carbs every day, getting off all of the grains and fibers, all of that, get into to a lower carb, and then it'll be easier to then reduce down to those smaller windows, windows of eating. All right, let's move into question two. It says, I've been doing, this is from Denise in Texas. I've been doing intermittent fasting for about three weeks and I have a question about my windows. I usually stick to an eating window from about 1 to 7 p.m. I'm usually very hungry when I eat my first meal of the day, but sometimes when 6.30 rolls around, I'm not super hungry again. Even though I feel like I should eat my last meal real quick before my eating window closes, when this happens, do you recommend I eat a small meal to get it right before my window closes or just go without the second meal and risk getting hungrier? Well, this was something I struggled with when I first started fasting because I used to have to work. So I work in the, I'm a trainer. And I work in the evenings. You know, I have a big break during the day and that's usually when I start my fast early afternoon. So I have to go back to the gym usually around, you know, three, four o'clock in the afternoon. So I've only been eating an hour or two. And I used to try to, I should struggle with not being hungry, but knowing that I'm not going to be able to eat for another three, four hours. So eventually I started just, not, if I wasn't hungry, I just started not eating, you know. And um, I, haven't, I haven't seen any ill effects from it. So instead of forcing myself, like, I, felt, I didn't feel like I had to force to eat anymore because I wasn't going to eat for another three hours. So I think she should listen to her body and she's not hungry. She might. Well, the number hungry. one goal of all of this is to wait for, for me, my number one goal for, for every listener is to wait for true hunger and to eat when you're physically hungry. And when you aren't physically hungry, you know, food may look okay, but you, you want to get to a place, and I, I talk about the hunger scale, and you have to listen to your body. Of So in my book, um, Waste Away, the Chantal Ray Way, which you can buy on Amazon right now, um, it is talks about, I talk about hamster hungry, where you're just like absolutely ravenously hungry, is a zero, and then it goes to one is your stomach is growling, and then two is you're hungry. But my whole goal is to get people to figure out a way to know when you're physically hungry. So if you're not hungry, don't eat. <laughs> just just push through, and 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 keep going. So my thing, I, f I think even from learning the last half an hour with you two, part of this, what I'll help bring is, is the aspect of the insulin and insulin resistance. Because for everybody, when they're hungry, it's usually an insulin drop off more than it is that they're hungry. 
because once you start getting into a fat burn or fat adapted where your body just goes for, right and burning fat, that's not gonna create hunger. You see what I'm saying? So the other has to do with when the insulin drops off or if you really work out hard like he's doing and training, which is gonna drop it off as well. So even some of the authors, Dr. Westman um, at Duke and um, Dr. Noakes, um, he's a PhD in physiology. All of them actually recommend, if you're dealing with that somebody that's like, has a lot of weight to lose, they almost recommend to go the first 50% of weight loss before they start hitting the gym hard. Now I know that's against with what, what you would do and I want people to get into the gym, but what happens is when they start after they work out, then their insulin does tank and then they get really hungry and then they're pounding the food that mm -hmm. night. Mm -hmm. So what they try to do is help to stabilize the insulin yes. and the insulin resistance. And then what, the other issue I was Well, that's on, what on intermittent fasting yeah, yeah. does. Yeah, yeah. The, my big thing is that is what yeah. intermittent fasting has helped yeah. so much with me. It stabilized my blood sugar to mm -hmm. the point that I'm not having, you're not riding these Running waves it, yeah. all the time. And so with all these questions, it's just gonna take time for their physiology to switch. So they're saying it could be easy six, eight, 10, 12, 16 weeks, depending on how old you are, as far as how many years have you been eating sugar diet, basically. Your body's just been burning sugar all the time, right? So you eat and all the sugar. And we talk about that all the yeah. time. We say, are you in a sugar burning mode? Yeah. Or, or are you in a fat burning mode? Yeah. And so it's just going to take them longer than two or three weeks. And I see patients are very like... And everyone wants yeah, everything just Immediately. Instant. Too quick. Way too quick, right? So it's going to take time for the body switch. So All right, you all, read question number... Wait, what? Answer to her, she should just wait it out. Just wait. Hungry, yeah, yeah, if you're not hungry, don't, don't eat. Force it, don't All right, let's it. move right on to... This is actually the same person who asked question number three. Denise in Texas. Texas. Um, okay, her, read it for us. Her Tara. question was, I have been really craving a chocolate cake. Uh, it's my... Um, all-time favorite thing the more richness and mousse the better so let's say I make one when do I eat it in your book which maybe you should answer this <laughs> you talk about saving the best for first okay so does this mean she should eat her cake right when she opens her beginning window uh, before she eats the rest of her meal what say you since you wrote the book well yeah so so for me I think it really depends on you so like I I have a sweet tooth. I re do you have a sweet tooth or no? Oh, I could easily do. Yeah. I'm shutting it down You're though. I'm trying to get down, off yes. the cocaine riding. Yes. You know what I mean? Of, oh yeah, <laughs> I get it. Addiction, right? So for after I eat, I always want something sweet, and it doesn't have to be a lot. Like I have one of my friends that's super super skinny. What she does is she takes two of those Hershey Kisses, that, and she has them in her purse at all times. And when she's done eating, she has two, one, sometimes she has one, sometimes she has two Hershey kisses, and then she's done. She's kind of like finished, she's satisfied, or have a cup of coffee. But for me, I would, if I really wanted that chocolate cake, what I would do is I would stop eating um, when I was around a 3.7 or a 3.5 on my hunger scale, which I talk about. And then I know I've allowed myself, I know I have room to have a couple bites of cake at the end. I wouldn't eat the chocolate cake first. I would eat my meal first, and then I would go ahead and make sure I didn't overeat, and I saved room for that chocolate well, cake after. I think the big after. thing is, she's, she's asking, you know, eating it right outside your window. So, we, you know, you talked about your insulin being stable and low for, you know, a good 16, 18, 20 hours. I'm not sure how fast she, how far she's going with her fast. But you don't want to spike your insulin from zero to 100 by eating a big piece of cake your first thing you eat. So I can tell you from experience, if I open up my fast, 
like let's say I eat three pancakes with a bunch of syrup and stuff, it's gonna mess me up for the rest of the day. My hunger's gonna be all over the place for the rest of the day. As far as eating something stabilizing, like you know, an omelet or something like that, some protein, you know, a good balance of carbs and protein and fats. Something like that will stabilize you the rest of the day. But if you eat that cake, I guarantee you, you're going to be starving. It's going to spike your insulin and, too and, fast. In an hour, you're going to be starving. You're going to eat something that you don't normally eat. You're going to eat more of it that you don't normally eat. And all day, you're going to be chasing that hunger wave all day. So stabilize first. Save that piece of cake, I think, for later on uh, in the night, you know, around your last meal. Have that for dessert, you know, with dinner. And I think you'll see a lot. I think it won't uh, affect you as much. Uh, doctor, what do you say? No, I agree exactly with what you're saying. The thing is, is that I think with a lot of these, we're dealing with addiction, right? We're dealing with addiction and insulin roller coaster. And so the sooner we help kind of shut some of these addictions down, we're talking about, you know, high sugar dropping. And I agree. If you, if you have that for the first, like if, if it's her first meal at 12 or something, yeah, and she has that amount of carbs, yeah, she's going to be hungrier two or three hours afterwards. It's well, the gonna... Bible says the Bible says too much honey will make you sick. Absolutely, it's, it literally says will make you vomit. Don't yeah. eat too much of yeah. it. Yeah, and so you're yeah because it is, and it's really one of these things that as we start eliminating part of this, and you start thinking about, listen, what if we have, and my wife have been doing this where we try to say, look, maybe one meal a week where we have like a dessert, but we're trying to get to just one meal, not always. But you know, if, if it is the last one and you have just a little snack, like you were saying, like a Hershey's Kiss or something, that's fine. It's not gonna tank you, you know, an hour or two later, but usually that high insulin so, will, a couple hours later. So Dr. McDowell, let me ask you this. So you, right before we started the show, you told me you're right now, you're trying to do one meal a day. Yes. And yeah. the, then that's it. You just do that one meal a day. I will tell you this, when I do just that one meal a day, I am I'm on a massive weight loss journey when I'm when I'm just doing that one meal a day. So sometimes I do two meals a day, sometimes I do one meal. I'm always doing only a six hour window. But when I do that one meal a day and I'm totally satisfied, I'm fine yeah. for the whole rest of the day. It's amazing how it works. Well, even, even without the weight loss, because I've done a one meal a day, not even on purpose a lot of days. It's just the way I might do a meal in the afternoon. And then at night I might eat a smaller snack or a half or something, but it's basically one meal a day and a snack. And I'm not doing it on purpose, but I've been perfectly satisfied. And I, you know, I weigh more than you, and I'm over 200 pounds, and I, I lift weights, and I'm running around and everything. I've, I haven't had any problems, you know, energy-wise, muscular-wise, strength-wise, or anything. I haven't seen it. So I've, I've been there. So it's not, yeah, it's not even just for weight loss. You know, anybody in different walks of life, you know, no matter where you're at, uh, if you're, you're trying to lose weight, gain muscle, or just maintain. You, you, you'll, you'll feel it, you know. All right, we got to move on because we are running way out of time. Let's move right on to question number four. Chris, read it for us. All right, we got Gene in Virginia Beach. I have been doing intermittent fasting for five months. I was a lot like Chantel where my weight loss started off slow for the first week or two, and then I hit a nice flow where I was steadily losing at least two pounds per week until a month ago. Then it all stopped. Do you have any tips for breaking a plateau? Well, I mean, we get so many of these kind of questions where people are like, you know, I'm not, I was doing well and then I'm not seeing results. And, you know, people are just wanting to see results so fast. And my Boy, first fast. suggestion is be patient. <laughs> well, and that's part of this whole thing about becoming fat adapted. You cannot speed that up where you're changing glycolysis, which is basically how does your body take out uh, fat and turn it into conversion of energy. And so there's a lot of things, and I think they really should have three-month goals, six-month goals, nine-month and a year goals. So they gotta get to the bigger idea, not just this week or two or four weeks or something like that, but thinking about the aspect of how are you getting 
closing down, and they may need to be reducing some of their carbs and sugars that they have even on that intermittent fasting. Yeah. If they have 12 hours or six hours, and they're still pounding a lot of carbs, they gotta drop the carbs. Yeah. But we had talked about how the body, the body's very smart. So yeah. it starts to adapt to whatever you're giving it, whether you know, it was your exercise program, your, you know, your nutritional program, you know, if you're eating 1400 calories, well, you know, your metabolic rate slows down. You know, there might've been 500 under your maintenance when you started, but now your metabolic rate might have went down. But we talked about the macro. So, I mean, she said she lost two pounds a week. I don't know how long, but let's say she lost two pounds a week for five weeks. So you lost That's a good great. 10 pounds. So you lost a good 10 pounds in the last three weeks. You haven't lost any weight. But overall, you got to, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm in the stocks now. So, it's, so they tell you, you know, sometimes when the company's doing bad last week, you got to zoom out, see the big picture. So, you know, you, you see, oh, yeah, it's been doing terrible the last two yes. weeks. But actually, the company's been going up the last two years. So she's got to zoom out on her results and think about mm, I've lost 12 pounds good. in the last two months. I've been losing six pounds a month, which is on average. They tell you to lose about one or two a month when you're, you know, you're trying to get a major weight loss. So for she me, needs to zoom out and really... I agree. And for me, when I'm... For me, what really jumpstarts things for me is when I do a longer fast. So if I do a 24-hour fast, a 36-hour fast, a 42-hour fast. And, um, you know, the Bible says when you fast, not if you fast. So I am a huge proponent on fasting, and I just spend more time with God during that time and really praying. <laughs> and it's a, it ends up being such a magical time for me when I do that. Or I just shorten my window and I go down to like a one meal a day type thing where I'm just eating less. What other yeah, ideas and, and do you have Dr. for jump starting? Dr. Jason Fung, I mean, he'll talk about that on, on his podcast and different things as well, that people are addicted a lot more than they think. And when you talk about a spiritual aspect and there's a lot more addictions driving them and food wise and where it becomes this constant thing, they keep thinking about food. And so, but the intermittent fasting helps you to start getting that off the table, really. Mm -hmm. And so you're, if you're reducing the insulin and you're staying more focused, but I still think you're gonna have to reduce the carbs within that, that eating window. And so it's, if you can get it down to three hours or six hours, yeah, <laughs> yeah. but it's gonna take time. Everybody, you know, don't do it until they- You're not gonna lose three pounds a week yeah, forever. Forever. Because yeah. after thing, one the year, other thing that's you disappear after a year. The other thing that surprisingly <laughs> helps me, I've been doing, I've been doing some cryotherapy. Have you heard of that? Yes, yeah. And I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's like it is true or not, but I'll go a couple times a week and I if I'm like at a stalemate yeah. and things will improve. So who knows if it's it's that or not, but that's yeah, been she, helping yeah. me. What also, else, Chris? Obviously I'm a trainer, so obviously she can add the gym, you know, add some work, add some working out. It doesn't necessarily have to be the most intense, craziest workout, but she can start walking twenty minutes a day just around the neighborhood. If she's not exercising at all, start incorporating some type of you know, it's more intense activity into your day. So you can build up 20, 30 minutes a day and start building up, adding some weights and things. And like I that. think, I think maybe eliminating alcohol for a little bit of time. I don't oh, know oh, if she and your drink. Now, actually, you hit something on there because that's where you're going to have the biggest problem, right? Because when they do the alcohol, if you're not getting rid of that, that that's going to shut down a lot of this. You're not going to be in fat adapted burning if you do have alcohol carbs that are coming in. Because your body's gonna, your liver's gonna use the alcohol, right. and you're gonna shut this down. So there's a lot of areas that they can close the door on this. And again, my thing is, if you fill up your liver with glycogen, right? So even if you have a one meal a day and you take a lot of carbs, it's gonna fill up your liver with glycogen. Then you really just don't have any carbs the next day, or then have less than 20 carbs the next day. So now your body burns all the, out of the liver. They gotta clear everything out of the liver, and then your body can then start burning the fat. Now that's different than if you're your shape, 
which is you're not trying to do that because right. you're, you're not really. But quick to question though, because we get a lot of questions on what you just talked about. You know how we, when we fill up with glycogen and yes. we eat all these carbs, and how long? A lot of people ask us how long does it take. Obviously, there's no formula for um, how long you get to keto, but how long is, is there? Is there like a general? Is there like a general guideline? Like if you eat. Let's say you eat 300 grams of carbs and you weigh this much, that how long it would take or how much activity well, it would take to yeah, get through that's that. a lot of carbs. But for you, I bet it's about six hours or eight hours for you to clear out your glycogen. Okay. So then Is if that you, just period or activity, six to eight hours well, of activity? Or um, just? No, no, no. Probably burning it. Okay. You know what I mean? Then if you do activity and stuff, I mean, you might get down around six. But six or eight hours. So the thing is, if you have a bad day, I always say this with golfers. What makes a great golfer is if he makes a bad shot, he never makes a second bad shot in a row. So the thing is, if you eat a bad meal tonight, and even if we're talking about even if it's intermittent fast and window, tomorrow don't have or try to keep your carbs real minimal to 20 carbs even within that whatever that window of that day is. You know what I'm saying? So your body is going to burn. You can't always just burn liver glycogen, right? You have to burn that out and then go to the fat stores. And that's why if you really study the insulin chapter in Jason Fung's book and really get into that of learning about insulin burning, insulin, and then insulin resistance. Now that takes time. If we get into insulin resistance, months to help your body change. That means the ability for insulin to get through the cell wall. Right. So that takes months to change that. Nobody can shift that overnight. Be yeah. and because it has to do, you're both younger than me, way younger. And so when you start getting into 50, it could take you know months or years to change the cell walls. So you need to be doing omega-3 fatty acids, like omega-3 fish oil, and good fatty, um, uh, essential fatty acids to help change the cell walls, right? Because otherwise, it's like pouring water on a raincoat, which the water runs off, and when you have good cell walls, like when you're younger, you pour water and it goes through cotton. That's what the insulin goes right through, mm -hmm. right? It's that same yeah. analogy. So, so, so for me, you know, and with all due respect, I want the listeners to know, like, you know, we all kind of have our own thing of what we believe in. And I, I understand everything that, you know, Dr. McDowell is saying. I do agree with what he, a lot of what he's saying, but at the same time, what I have found is if I am not too obsessive about what I'm eating, but what I do is I live by the 80-20 rule, meaning 80% of what I eat is just lean, lean, veg, uh, lean proteins, vegetables, that sort of thing, and then 20% is I eat whatever I want and I eat whatever my body is calling for, but I don't eat too much of it. One of my principles is don't eat too much sugar, but I don't deprive myself altogether because I know that if I deprive myself, I'll end up on a binge, and yeah. that's the one thing I never, ever want to get to is I never want to be on a binge. So When you guys are kind of at your goal weight, though, so the thing is that is different than when you're trying to, like with a lot of these are asking questions that, you know, they're trying to burn. But, so the but thing I've is, is done the exact same thing. All so along. I've lost, yeah, I've lost a total of um, over 30 pounds. I don't, I yeah. have to calculate now how much I've lost, but, but this whole time I've done the exact same yeah. thing. I haven't changed anything that I'm doing. And so my number one goal in life is to be free from the bondage of food. Yeah. And, and if you read my book, you learn that I read the Bible and I read every single passage on what it said about food and fasting. And that's where I got all my principles from. That's good. Because to be honest, if you read the Bible, 
Nowhere does it say anything about keto. It does say <laughs> don't eat too much sugar or you'll yeah, get yeah. sick. So it does say no, that. And the biblical principles hold true. They yes. certainly do. And the thing is they have actually, and that's when you look at all the different religions do that. And mm -hmm. our faith has not as far as as far as Christian faith, biblical faith, a lot. We have not incorporated that probably into our life, and we should have. And the thing is, is that, so the thing is, you don't need to celebrate every night, seven nights a week. That's the thing, is right. that maybe once a week or certain things that you're celebrating, but not always. And so there should be yes. fasting and prayer yes. and getting our eyes off of our own insulin roller coaster. <laughs> <laughs> True. All right, let's go right into question number five. You can read it for us. All right, number five. I have been instrument IF, which is intermittent fasting, for almost... Two weeks, okay. <laughs> I typically eat my first meal around 1 p.m., finish at seven. It was a little rough at first, but I was getting, I'm getting the hang of it. Yesterday, I opened my window from 1 p.m. with a good size omelet. Uh, typically, this would have stuffed me. I wouldn't have been able to eat the whole thing, but yesterday, I finished the omelet, uh, practically licked my plate clean, and I have been easily eating another one, but I didn't. Why did something um, that used to not fill me up has left me unsatisfied? I think she said, why did something that used to fill, that me, used up, to fill me up leave me unsatisfied. so unsatisfied? Yeah. And this is exactly what I'm talking about is that did you really want to eat the omelet? Like, see, when I when I decide that I'm gonna eat something, I really ask myself, what is what is my body craving? What do I want right now? Because if you don't eat what you're craving, you're going to then end up just eating something else later on. So Maybe she didn't didn't crave the omelet. Thing, Chris, what do you too, think? Uh, her, her, you know, her previous day, like uh, it, 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 a bunch of things that could have been why you're more hungry today than maybe. The yeah, day, like maybe, today maybe I was day ravenous. Before, yeah, maybe the day I was before, ravenous today. Maybe the day before she had a busy day, she ate you know 800 under her normal what she normally eats. So maybe she started working out worked two out. days Very ago. True. Yeah, she worked and out. She, she didn't include. Maybe she worked out for the first time in three months yesterday, and she didn't even realize it. Then all of a sudden, I'm starving today. You know, it could be a bunch of different things that all of a sudden that created hunger. Like it's it's just one day out of you well, know. It, it's just, I don't think it's a yeah. big deal as she thinks. She's, she's acting, you know, not, not to say this. Yeah, it's a good question, that, yeah, but it's, it's, a not, it's not question. a big deal. Because some days I could eat this much and, and it's totally yeah. satisfying well, me. But other days I must have done something else and now I need this much. The other thing is they'll include fiber though. So if she's having some like vegetables and fiber with that to help with bulk, that she needs to include some of that as well. You see what and I'm saying? I, and, 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 well, yeah, that or just eat it with it. I mean, right, you can right, eat right. a vegetable with it or whatever. Right. So you're having bulk because people are so used to stretching their stomach out. And, and after two weeks, that's not going to do anything. We're talking about months into this, your, your stomach will shrink. And so in the beginning, they're going to need to do more bulking items, you know, and fiber and right, things right, like right. that. So, so you, you help, yes. Right, yeah. So you don't get into constipation and other problems. So they got to be adding that as well because now you've gotten rid of all this other fiber. So include that as well. Does that make sense? I agree. Question number six. I've been doing IF for about eight weeks now, and I use the clock approach. I track the number of hours I fast and the numbers of hours that I eat. Typically, I will fast for 18 hours and eat for six, but my friend mentioned something called the meal approach. I guess it means you track your meals instead of your hours. What do you guys know about this, and is this something you've done before? Crystal in DC. So I talk about this in my book, absolutely. I talk about, you know, there's two ways to kind of do it. You can either do it on an hourly or you can just kind of say, okay, I lunch and dinner, I just had two meals or I just had 
one meal a day, what would you say? But but if they, if they had some carbs with the morning, mm -hmm. within two or three hours, they're gonna be hungry again. Yeah. That's the key thing. So that's why you try to push the morning as late as you can, and you know only have maybe black coffee or coffee with a very, very minimal amount of whole cream or something like that. But you gotta realize the first carb that you have in an hour or two or three, you're gonna be hungry. So, so do not go, don't break that carb open until your last one. Right. That would be the key thing to help keep it close. Chris? Uh, the, meal, the meal approach was I eat out of three meals out of the day, breakfast, lunch, dinner. So she's picking. What she's saying is instead of me going, okay, normally I eat for six hours. Mm -hmm. Usually she's saying like one to seven. So instead of her starting at one and ending at seven, mm -hmm. she's saying, can I just do a meal approach where I go, look, I'm just eating two meals a day. I'm going to have lunch so and I'm going to have dinner. So three meals a day, you pick two. Yeah, day. she says she's so just picked two. Pick so either dinner. pick one or pick two. Okay, so today I pick breakfast, dinner, and then tomorrow I pick lunch and breakfast. Or, right, and then, okay. just do it that way instead of doing it by the hours, which okay. totally works for a lot of people. I do that a lot of times too, but I still kind of keep myself in that six-hour window. The only thing me. about it is if, if she's not tracking which meal she like, if you eat dinner and breakfast too many times, you're never really fasting. Like, you never, you know what I mean? That's true. You're always... See, yeah, so the breakfast is break fast, right? So if right. you've got all night and then all morning and that's helping to get more hours of things shutting down, that's the key. Your body's more apt to get into fat burning if you have more hours. That's why you're trying to get it closer. And, and now, if she not wants, only healing things yes. that happen healing, while you're yes. doing. So see, yeah. if, if you can tell on my forehead right here, I have a little bit of psoriasis and it's from here to here. The more that I fast, like like if I decided to do a 24 or a 48 hour fast, you would see my forehead, it looks like a million bucks. Even when I do like a one, if I do one meal a day for like four days, watch, this looks like a million bucks. The less, the more time I spend with fasting, it allows my body to repair itself yes. and heal itself. Which which comes into the whole leaky gut issue. Yes. And so when we're dealing with all these inflammatory issues, and that's part of why we want to help patients who are dealing with chronic pain, even if it's not, this is not just about a weight loss issue. This is about eliminating things like grains, things that create an autoimmune response, right? Yes. So that's where part of even, you know, dairy, grains, carbohydrates, if we get rid of those, then we, we, we can eliminate immune response. That things like Hashimoto's, like thyroiditis issues, autoimmune yes. issues, skin issues, Which, so and, you and know, also getting rid I of insulin. I used to be on 120 milligrams of Synthroid, Synthroid every single day, and the doctor kept putting me higher and higher and higher. Once I started intermittent fasting, I'm on zero medication, and the only thing, I, only thing I'm still left with is a little bit of this, but it's gotten, I mean, it's not yeah. too bad anymore. Yeah, and so the thing is, that's part of helping your immune system. So again, and again, when we do the intermittent fasting, if you're giving her GI tract, you know, 20 hours a day to heal, heal. or 18 hours a day that yes. it can shut down and relax instead of keeping it irritated, they say it's like, um, you know, steel wool, you know, going through your intestinal tract and irritating it with certain foods that, that you have an immune response to. So you're giving healing time with that. And Let's that'll be the good thing. Let's skip to question number eight and, um, this is another one just about the meal approach again. So it says, in your book, you talked about a two meal approach. What if I want the meals to be breakfast and dinner? It kind of is the same question. I'm busy during the day, so it's easy for me to skip lunch and just do breakfast and dinner. Will I get the same results from doing this, Neil in Virginia Beach? So, you know, when I wrote my book, what I did was I interviewed over a thousand women and I said, 
what are you doing? You know, I, I literally just said, these are people who've been thin their whole life. They have no obsession with food. And I said, tell me, and I literally quizzed them everything they did, breakfast, lunch, da, 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 da. And only about 10% of the people that I interviewed did the two meal a day. I mean, 70% of them did the two meal a day. But, but out of that 70, 10% did the breakfast and dinner. Um, and it worked for them. But, but again, I feel like you're not, you're limiting the amount of fasting you that you're fed, doing. Like you never fed yourself. You do breakfast. I feel like people are trying to get around. <laughs> I'm trying to find a shortcut with this fasting thing. So, like, I'm not trying to be mean enough, but people got to understand, you got to, like, we, we, we're all trying to get results here. So this is life period. You're trying to get something that you haven't had before. You got to sacrifice a little bit. So right now, we're trying to, like, find a way around, oh, well, can I eat breakfast and still eat dinner? And then if I do mm-hmm. lunch, can I still eat this? Like, it, it's intermittent fasting. So we got to fast a minimum of 16 hours. Like, that's just it. That's the minimum right there. You know, sometimes we go high 18, 20. We got to fast. So if we always eat breakfast, dinner, and what if I skip lunch? It's easy to skip lunch. You're only going eight hours between, you know, you eat breakfast at nine, then you eat you're dinner losing, at six. You're losing That's a only lot nine of hours of fasting, then you eat breakfast again. So where's the, there's no intermittent fasting that's coming in there. You're just skipping lunch. Like a majority of people around, you know, when they have busy days do. So, you know, my, my thing to him would be he needs, you got to find 16 hours to not eat. To, to you know to, to actually fast during to, the day to get the benefits to of get the, the benefits fasting. of it. yeah otherwise we, we're never fasting and and the reason you're trying to get the benefits of the fasting is we're clearing out the liver so your body's burning yeah. fat right and when your body's burning fat and that's really where we get into the ketones right and even if you're not trying to lose weight the ketones for your brain this is where you supercharge your brain right, yeah. right and your body actually does well so now I've gotten into what I call stage five keto where if I go 24 hours without eating work out on the 24th hour, mm-hmm. I actually feel better working out then than if I ate because okay. I'm actually just burning fuel pure. That's it. And the thing and, is, and is people that, ask us that. We get that But that takes time to get there, they, though. People say, like my husband's a perfect example. If you're listening, husband, pay attention. I need, I need you to chime in because you know how they say that the husband doesn't listen to the wife. They need someone else to say it. So the good thing is my husband now is back onto the intermittent fasting okay. again because he lo- he gained a little bit of weight back after he stopped doing the intermittent fasting and now he's like okay I'm gonna listen to you and start doing it again. Um, but his big thing was I don't feel like I get a good enough workout. I don't feel like I'm getting a good workout in the morning when I don't eat, and that is just not true. It's a mental well, thing. Well, no, but he could be until he becomes fat adapted though. Yes. Now I've even talked to one of my bit. patients who's a seal. He was a former SEAL. They trained him to become fat adapted so that your body can switch. And they're even doing this, Dr. Noakes from South, uh, from South America. They realize that they're doing better off getting patients where their body can burn fat when they're working out. Now it's gonna take time to be able to do that where it's living off the fat fuel. That's where um, Dr. McCullough wrote a book, um, uh, Fuel for, or, fat for fuel and basically trying to get your body there it's going to take them time and the only thing is with all these creative things that's fine but what's happening is their body's not getting insulin low enough for long enough and getting themselves into a burning state see your body already burns you may have never had issues you because you're in great shape but when you're dealing with we're talking about people that have you know, weight issues of greater than 30, 40, 50 pounds, their body is not. It's been a sugar burner and a fat store its whole life. So mm-hmm. you're trying to pull it out and it can't do two things at once. And so mm-hmm. you're trying to get the liver so that it's it's now just going to burn. So it's gonna take your husband a little bit of time. It's not a problem with the intermittent fasting. It's just that his metabolism has not shifted yet. And that's why I say we try to wait months before we get into that 
amount of intermittent fasting before you eat. Yes. But some of the trainers are doing that, but it takes time. All right, I think this is the last question that we have time for. Remember, if you have a question that you want answered, go to questions at chantelrayway.com or text us at 757-412-9278 and we will look out for your uh, questions. Here it is, Daniel from Virginia Beach. I've heard you guys talk about drinking coffee or tea to fill you up or tie you over. Problem is, I don't like either of these without sugar. Do you have any suggestions for something else I could drink to receive energy and help tide me over? So it goes back to, this, to the sacrifice. Like I drink coffee <laughs> and I love cream, sugar, I love flavors in my coffee and I love everything like that. Um, I, I, I was able, it took me I think about three weeks. I was like, I kept reading about the black coffee, let me try it. So I put a little bit of less cream, a little less sugar, a little less cream, a little, and then about three weeks in, I was able to drink black coffee. Now it wasn't as great as the cream and the sugar, of course, but I was it was I was able to tolerate it. You know, it wasn't a problem. So he's just gonna have to do the same thing. He's gonna have to cut down, you know, little by little on the sugar to where your taste. Can I be used adjusted. to hate unsweetened tea. I couldn't drink it at all. Now what I did, yeah. I did I just did stevia, and then I reduced it, reduced it. Now I can't even have unsweetened tea with with anything in it. I can only drink unsweetened tea. What about you? It, well, the thing is this. So like on the, co the coffee, obviously I'm trying to get to where I just have black as well. But if you look at um, the, the, everybody's still used to this uh, fat-free stuff. If you look at fat-free, like say cream for your coffee, oh, I it's not good it. because yeah. it actually has more carbs than if you do the regular cream that might have one carb. Mm. So in other words, go with one teaspoon, you know, with the regular um, cream and it'll have less carbs. And then you're gonna try to get to the minimal amount and only black coffee or, or just tea without any sugar because they're not even sure about stevia bumping insulin. Yeah, and so it's still I, I think it does. It's still I think it does. I, I won't do it. Yeah, I've heard I a lot about do. the artificial sweetener, yeah. you know, the, the, the substitutes out there. And, you know, they can't figure out if it, it just, how big the insulin spike is, if it really breaks it fast or whatnot. But like I said, it's going to be a sacrifice period. So, you know. and, and the thing is, it's like an addiction thing, right? Yeah. So the quicker you can get rid of those so you're not like craving sweets all the time. And the thing is, is that I think what, if everybody works on that at time, if they give it time. Everybody's such a rush on all of these <laughs> questions, right? It's like, and you're like, just take a little you know, as a trainer, yeah, just anybody, when That's you it. deal with somebody and you're trying to train them, they can only get fit so quick. Right. And they're like, hey, you know, why is it like slow? What yeah. you had a long way to get here, you know. Yeah. You know, you've been getting out of shape for 15 that's years. What, that's what I told right? about. Like, it took you 25 yeah. years to get 40 pounds overweight or whatever you're at. Like, it's going to take, yeah, but everyone it's going wants to take the a good amount fix. of time to get so, it back down. So, everybody listening, you got to patience, right? So, start looking up stuff on fat adapted, insulin, insulin resistance, right. allowing your body to change, liver, yes. glycogen. Give it time because you've been doing it how long now? Gosh, I don't even know now. Maybe eight months, something like that. Eight months, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the thing is, give it time. And it's consistency. Like when you talk about two pounds a week, well, if you go two pounds a week for 52 weeks, um, how much are you going to lose, <laughs> huh? I mean, you're going to disappear in yeah. two years, I think. Exactly. Right? Well, we are out of time. Guys, thanks so much for joining us, and we love to hear from you. If you have a question that you want answered, go to questions at chantelrayway.com. And again, remember, if we don't get to your question, we will save it, and it might be a couple weeks, but we will answer it. Thanks so much for your time. We'll see you next time.